0: Welcome to Subversion. I'm your host, Zach Slayback. This week, I sit down with Marie Schneegans. Marie is the co-founder and the CEO of Never Eat Alone, and she's calling from Paris, France. She and I discuss what it's like to start a company in Europe, specifically to start a company in France, how she's had to navigate the bureaucracy there, as well as doing business in the United States, and the story behind her business, Never Eat Alone. So... This is a great conversation for anybody who is interested in starting a company outside of the United States or is thinking about going overseas to start their business. Uh, Real quick, I just want to say that Subversion is a product of 1517 Fund. 1517 Fund supports teams led by young founders with grant, pre seed, and seed stage funding, as well as a community of 1,000 plus peers, mentors, and collaborators. If you are a young person, a dropout, a hacker, a maker, a scientist, looking to build your future, you can get in touch at 1517fund.com forward slash take dash action. That is 1517fund.com forward slash take dash action. Because a real education is a liberation. Now for this week's show with Marie So, Marie, thank you for being with me today.
1: Thank you. I'm very excited, Zach.
0: And where are you calling in from?
1: I'm calling you from Paris. We have a house as an office, so I'm currently in uh, the library room.
0: And do you have a house as an office because for, for startup reasons, or is it because running a business in Paris, in France in general, seems like it'd be something that's just really hard to do? <laughs>
1: Actually, um, I uh, started my company in San Francisco, and uh, thanks to Michael and Daniel, uh, they um, introduced me to Mission Control, the big house uh, on Mission Street, and so I lived there for a couple of months, and I love the energy being surrounded by young entrepreneurs uh, who want to change the world and have a positive impact, and work in the same place where we live, and organize uh, hackathons, dinners, and be all together. And so uh, when I came back to Paris, it was a big shock because there was no house <laughs> like <laughs> this. And, uh, and so my first office was um, the garden, uh, Jardin des Tuileries, next to the Louvre. And so because I love to be uh, outside. And then when I uh, started hiring um, engineers and uh, a team, I didn't want to have an office. And so I decided to uh, look for a house where I can live and also have other uh, rooms for my team and uh, have a garden, have a kitchen, a, a big uh, salon, uh, library, and everything in one place.
0: It seems to beat <laughs> a lot of the offices that I've seen out here in the Bay Area, that's for sure. Um, is it just your team in the house, or do you have other teams in the house with you?
1: So, it is only our team that is here full-time, but I like to uh, invite entrepreneurs. Uh, when they come to Paris, they can stay at our house and work from there. So, for instance, uh, last week, we had two entrepreneurs from uh, Africa, from um, Berlin, and they are working on a health uh, startup, and so they could stay uh, at our house, and uh, we could learn from each other.
0: So, one of the reasons I wanted to speak with you specifically is, you know, there are a lot of people, whether they're in the 1517 community, or just people that we end up talking to, or people we read questions from online who have questions about starting a company, uh, especially in the United States, and then moving abroad, uh, say in your case, to France. Can you tell me a little bit about your company and about your company story and your background?
1: Yes. So uh, we started uh, three years ago. Uh, Before that, uh, I was interning at UBS, the large Swiss bank in Zurich. And uh, it was uh, very boring. I would always interact with the same employees from my department. And at lunch, I would always eat alone in in front of my desk or with the same colleagues. So I started knocking on the doors and asked people randomly, do you want to have lunch lunch with me? And uh, this gave me the idea to create an app. And um, thanks to this, I participated in a hackathon in Berlin. And uh, I got a prize uh, to be uh, incubated in San Francisco. And uh, then uh, thanks to that, I met uh, Michael and Daniel. I, um, I slept at Mission Control and um, my first clients were in France. So I came back to France thanks to our clients. And there were big traditional corporates uh, in the financial district. And so it makes sense for me uh, to be close to my clients. Mm. And so I decided to go back where there was money. <laughs> and uh, thanks to that, I could hire a team. And after that, we opened an office in New York uh, a few months ago.
0: Great. So a couple of things in there that I'd like to discuss. Um, The big one that we get a lot of questions from for community members is how did you as uh, a a relatively inexperienced young person get uh, big uh, traditional corporate clients to take you seriously? How did you get in touch with them? And how did you uh, set up those deals?
1: I never give up. (laughs)
0: so just persistence (laughs) very persistent yes
1: and uh, for instance we are working with a big consulting company and in the beginning the hr director didn't want to meet me so um, i uh, got many emails from employees from this company who wanted to buy the app and so i sent a traditional letter uh, with all the emails i got from the employees from uh, his company and thanks to that i could get the meeting and then I closed it and then we deployed it. So I, if one door is not open, I will find another door.
0: Hmm. So the HR director didn't want to meet with you, but somebody else was saying that they wanted to buy the app and you collected those emails and sent it to the HR director to get the meeting? Exactly. Hmm. Okay, and those emails, people asking you to buy the app, were those people who were in the same company?
1: Yes, exactly. So. And- They got uh, to know the app thanks to the price, but they were not the decision makers, they were the users. And as um, our business model is to sell to uh, big HR directors, um, we need to find a way (laughs) to make him believe that there is a need in his company.
0: Oh, okay. So, So the people who were reaching out to you saying that they wanted to use the app, they were employees in the company? Yes. Ah, okay. So you then showed them that there's demand for the app in the company and then they decided to take you seriously. That's smart.
1: And uh, I also summoned myself by uh, mentors and uh, by uh, colleagues that have more experience in the the field. And so it also makes it more serious.
0: (laughs) So what is it like running a startup, you know, which is traditionally a very work-intensive kind of environment Uh, in France, in, but in Paris in particular?
1: Uh, it is um, very intense. Um, it is very hard to get uh, investors. Mm-hmm. Um, the positive thing is that there is um, a special status that is called student entrepreneur, and that allows you during your studies to work on your startup and get credits and then you can get a grant from the government. Uh, You can um, be in a co-working space for free thanks to this uh, status.
0: So it's harder to land investors, but there are ways for you to run at a lower burn rate if you're a student.
1: Yes, and then what is very important as you don't have many investors, it's to get clients and get them pay you. And thanks to that, hire a team and then get investors later.
0: Mm, What a a crazy idea, get paying customers first and then get investors.
1: Uh, So that was uh, my way to do that works well. And uh, and now, thanks to that, I could uh, find investors and uh, hire an amazing engineering team. And that is also very good in France is that there are very good engineering schools like Polytechnique or 42 school uh, that uh, has been created by the entrepreneur, Xavier Niel, a big entrepreneur here in France who created a mobile company. And thanks to that, we get uh, engineers that, uh, that are less expensive than in the U.S. And as there are not so many startups yet in France, Uh, you can attract them.
0: Mm. So how do you attract uh, people who want to work in a startup in the French uh, ecosystem?
1: Um, I think there is two things that are important. The first one is to create the best work environment, like a house, (laughs) and uh, also to give them stock options. That is something not very uh, familiar here in France, that everyone gets stock options in a startup. And uh, that was uh, a good way for me to find uh, the best engineers and uh, retain them.
0: Yeah, so one of the things that before we set up this call that I was discussing with Michael when he said, oh, you should speak with Marie, was he noted to me that you are running a Delaware C Corporation in France, which allows you to issue the stock options. Um, Do you run into issues with uh, either bringing on employees or bringing on investors using what's a traditionally very American corporate model?
1: Uh, in the beginning, uh, they are always a bit shocked when I tell them it's uh, a C-Corp and that our headquarters are in New York. And uh, then they, they uh, look uh, on the internet and see that all the startups in the US do the same. And uh, I got advice from the best ones like Daniel and Michael. And so they trust me and uh, it's okay. But it's very uh, rare, and there is still a change of mindset.
0: <laughs> so what's the, uh, what's the traditional investor look like in uh, the French ecosystem?
1: Uh, generally, they like to um, have a very good uh, product and tech team. And um, also to have um, founders that already uh, have some experience. So they they are not risk takers.
0: Mm. And the investors themselves, are they often at uh, something like a venture capital firm or are they wealthy individuals who got wealthy by doing something like medicine or engineering?
1: Uh, They are both. There are more and more VCs but it's still very traditional. So it's not always good uh, for a startup to uh, have them on board. Uh, so I prefer to have um, entrepreneurs who uh, now want to give back and also mentor the entrepreneurs, the new generation. Uh, so I feel that I'm more comfortable with that model, especially in the beginning when there is a seed round to do here in France. Uh, it is better to uh, find uh, entrepreneurs who uh, uh, are now wealthy. <laughs>
0: So, for you, what is what has been uh, the most surprising part about running a business in France and having clients both in France and in the United States?
1: It was a big shock for me in the beginning because in, in the beginning, I only had a C-Cup in New York and uh, I started it in San Francisco. It, everything was online uh, in a few days, so very simple, uh, very cheap. So. I I had no experience and I could do it myself. And then when I arrived in France and I had to start hiring uh, engineers here, uh, I had to um, open a subsidiary and so a French company. And so it's called SAS. And then it was a nightmare. (laughs) Mm. Everything was complicated. I had no idea how to do it. I had to find a lawyer. I had to pay a few thousands uh, euros. It was very long, very hard. I need to uh, go, I need to send by post, so no email. (laughs) Uh, And so it takes lots of energy, and I don't want to focus this energy (laughs) on administrative stuff. And so there is a big difference, and it's also why I encourage um, entrepreneurs to open uh, uh, something in the U.S., because it's simpler, and you can focus on the right things.
0: So even if they're somebody who they're living in Zurich or they're living in Paris, you encourage them. If you can, start in the United States legally and then deal with whatever your subsidiary in Europe would look like later.
1: Yes. What's something- um, Also also something um, uh, important uh, to know is that when you have clients in uh, the US, it's very hard for, for them to deal with a French company. So they prefer and they really encourage you to have an American company. So Mm. it's easier to have an American company and have clients all around the world than to have uh, only a French company. So it's actually good to have both because for the French clients, they want to have a French company to pay you.
0: And when you say that it's hard for uh, the Americans to do work with a French company, what do you mean by that?
1: Um, it is hard to, for American companies, uh, to trust a French startup. So they feel, uh, we if there is part of the team that is in the U S mm. that, uh, there is, uh, the headquarters in uh, the U S so they feel that, um, the energy where they will be the biggest employees and clients in the future will be in the U S. And so they prefer that than to have, uh, uh, only a French company with only clients in France.
0: So it seems to me it's like working with a startup, if you're a big company, right, is already hard enough. It's already uh, difficult enough to necessarily trust them or to know that they'll follow through on things. So why would you introduce that additional variable of they're working under a completely different legal structure? So that does that seem right from their yes. perspective? Yes. So tell me a little bit about your company. We actually didn't get a chance to talk about what it is that you built uh, and what you guys do.
1: Yes. And so after working and implementing uh, Never It Alone in over 100 companies, uh, so it was a mobile app to connect employees over, over lunch. We always got the same feedback is that employees wanted to access to all your services at work. And so we decided to create WorkWell, an open platform that centralizes all the services you need at the workplace. And our mission is to make employees happier and more connected. So for instance, you can book a meeting room thanks to WorkWell, find someone to go for a run with, see what's for lunch at the cafeteria today, sign up for a gym class, talk to your concierge, control the room temperature, um, and everything from one app.
0: So it's it's essentially a full stack hub for the company to provide services for their employees.
1: Yes, and it's like a modern day intranet. Hmm. And the big difference is that all the services can be accessed using your smartphone.
0: So how do you pitch this to a company? What What is the thing that they're looking for that will make them say, this is something we wanna try out?
1: Um, they think that it's like WeChat for work. And um, for instance, uh, Renault, the French car manufacturer, they recently moved into a new office. And uh, thanks to Workwell and the collaboration with um, another startup called Mapwise, it is an indoor mapping service. The employees were able to find their way very easily around the new office buildings. So it helps them in their everyday life. And um, then you can also access um, to a leading daycare company with another startup, uh, Babylou. So we create an open ecosystem where all the services that work are inside one app.
0: So what's next for WorkWell?
1: So um, we just won uh, a big uh, project in Australia. And so we are opening uh, and office there at the end of the year. So that's very uh, exciting. And uh, we want to go further into our mission of uh, well-being, So we are creating uh, services around it, inside WorkWell.
0: What's one thing that you want somebody, when they're done listening to this uh, interview, to walk away with if they're someone who, they saw the title, they saw uh, what it's like to run a startup, in Europe after starting it here in the U.S., do business all around the world, what do you want them to leave this conversation with?
1: Uh, That they don't give up, that there are so many things to do outside the U.S. and uh, that they should um, find the clients and work very hard in every uh, city and every country.
0: (laughs) On that note, Marie, thanks so much.
1: Thank you.